Hello and welcome to the Where We Left Off podcast. I'm your host, Austin Gall, here with my co-host, Tommy Hanlon. The two of us have been working together for more than 10 years in the music industry, from managing a DIY venue to traveling the Midwest throwing parties. We've met some pretty interesting people along the way. This podcast is dedicated to conversations with artists and road dogs we have formed friendships with and see time and time again. We pick up where we left off. Tom, it's good to see you over there, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well from afar. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yes. Keep your distance for the time being. I can't wait to be back with you, but uh, it's good to see your face, man. It's It's been a, it's been a wild year, so I'm glad that we're... I'm, I'm currently sipping some whiskey for, for context. It is December 31st. It's almost the new year. We've decided to make a podcast, so here we are. I'm sipping a little bit of uh, whiskey. Tommy is sipping on some tea, so it's very uh, on brand for both of us. On brand for both of us. Um, but yeah, Tommy, man, I feel like uh, this is a long time coming, man. I feel like we probably should have been doing this ages ago, since I counted it this year too. This is our ten tenth year of friendship, so this is a uh, this is kind of a a long time coming. We should have done this a long time ago, but um, you know, for you know, long story to share. 10 years of friendship a decade is a long time you know so and, and two of us can talk for a, a very long time so um you know i felt oh, like yeah. this this has been in the stars for a long time lots of ground to cover on this one yeah and we'll and we'll invite people along the way too you know it's not it's not going to just be us giving a story it's going to be uh us interviewing people that have stories with us too so it'll be a, we've got a lot of fun stuff lined up and um you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to the conversations that we have lined up so far. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a really fun year, and I'm glad that we're kind of starting off uh, 2021. Even though it's not, we're not there yet. It feels like we're already there. You know, I'll consider it 2021 now. You know, it's not 2020 anymore. So, but uh, yeah, my friend Tom Williams also said a couple weeks back there are stages to quarantine. <clears throat> you know, and starting a podcast is just another stage, and I've actually started two now. So uh, I'm really at that stage now. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know about you, Tommy. I think this is your first, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's fine. Yeah, this is my first podcast. Okay, cool. Okay. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you're not diving into it as hard as I am. But no, I wasn't um, laughing at that. I was laughing at an inappropriate joke. I'm holding back. <laughs> what inappropriate joke are you holding back? You might as well just go ahead and make this uh, an explicit episode podcast. Cherry, I didn't, even, I didn't even hear what you said. Just popping the old podcast, Cherry. All right. Well, what was it? That was a joke. Oh, that was the joke. I'm sorry, it went over. It wasn't even head. that inappropriate. I was, you know, I don't know. Are there kids listening? Are there not? We we haven't we haven't delved that far into the the pod yet. I don't think they're. Dude, probably honestly, good. most jokes go over my head, so it's don't be offended. Like I think you know that by now. I'm I'm pretty stupid, so you gotta kind of <laughs> you kind of kind of explain it to me like I'm a four year old, you know which nobody does so whatever <laughs> but no i think it's a good idea to take a two-pronged approach to this episode most people probably know who we are but some don't so some might not know the story of how we met it's not incredibly funny or interesting but we do have a story to tell so i guess i will go first uh i guess i, I had to kick it back in 2008 um you know, I started, you know, I was always really involved in the music scene growing up. So, you know, I, I started going to shows probably in 2005. Um, but I started my venture into music when I was in high school. I started booking shows at Teal Garcia's. A good friend of mine had been booking shows there uh, for a couple months. He quit. So I stepped in to help out and kind of keep it going because there was, you know, there was a lot of stuff that was happening in Papillion early, you know, in my childhood, maybe in 2005. Uh, it kind of fell off for a while when I was you know, approaching my senior year in high school. So I wanted to keep it going out in the suburbs because there wasn't a lot to do out there for me. So uh, I had been in the music scene for a while, like I said, just kind of growing up, going to shows. As I got older, I got more interested in what made things happen behind the scenes. So I started hanging out with promoters, and that's really how I got into this. But anyway, we had a little DIY VFW hall called Tio Garcia's. It was attached onto the back of like this restaurant, bowling alley place. Papio Bowl, if you're familiar with the area. Um, but, you know, we paid 100 bucks to rent this space out, ran vocals through, like, a guitar monitor. It was very whack. It was very DIY. It was shot. It was not fun. It sounded like shit. Um, I'm pretty sure all the bands hated every time we booked shows there. You know, they would come through after, like, a seven-hour drive and have to play, like, <laughs> have to run their vocals through, like, a guitar monitor. But anyway, we had this event space. You know, we booked it. I did that for a couple years. I hated it. I wasted all my money. 
that I had from like waiting tables just to do that shit, you know, like just to bring in like Endwell, like a like a small Victory Records band back in the day, and just like have them play for like two hundred bucks. I w- I literally poured all the money I had from waiting tables at this place called Weedfields. Uh, I poured all the money I had into it. So after a while, I just I I hated it. So I quit. <laughs> and uh, a few years after that, I was you know, like trying to, or a few months after that, I was trying to figure out how to stay involved in the music scene because I felt like it was really important, you know, to like stay involved in the scene. Cause like my, my sense of like duty to the scene when I was like 16, 17, 18 years old was like, this is my life. Like I have to keep going. Like I've got to be involved somehow. So I started a band called Superior. I also stuck, sucked at that. Uh, I got kicked out after our first show. That sucked. You know, those are all my friends, too. I spent, like, six months, like, getting, like, our first couple singles ready and, like, playing our first show. Then, like, after our first show, they came to me and they were like, yeah, it's just not working. So I was like, oh, God damn it. Okay, well, what am I going to do next? I'm glad playing music, you know, I mean, it was my first choice, but it definitely wasn't my last stop, thank God. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, like I said, I wanted to... Uh, stay involved in music somehow so there was this venue downtown that wasn't being used growing up it was always used as like a diy place you know for like hardcore shows metalcore shows local stuff mostly um like i said i wanted to give back stay involved so i like hit them up after like they hadn't had shows for a couple a couple uh, years and i was like hey um would you guys be interested in like having me book a show down there i know you guys still have like the sound system and everything um it was called the mosaic they rebranded it to call it the common so essentially we took over um, at our first show and we, we sold out our, our, the first show we ever did there it was a local show. It was a really small, like kickoff show that we did. I just wanted to see if they would like it first. I wanted to see if I could get a crowd to come out and we did, we sold it out. It was like 170, 80 people there or something. And then like, I wanted to see if they would like react to like what I did, you know, bringing in like a ton of people to like their, you know, to like, so I guess it's kind of good to like mention this too. Like the, the organization that, worked out of the commons was a homeless organization they i guess not maybe not a homeless organization but it was like a community outreach program that would help people get back on their feet if they lost a job or if they were recently transitioning from like being homeless into like you know a, a group home or something like that they would provide resources to those people so they could you know get back on their feet so any money that we would bring in would go directly to their to that organization to help them further their cause in the in the little bohemian neighborhood down there uh in omaha so you know, they, they were really stoked on what we did. You know, we brought in a huge crowd. They hadn't seen that in a few years, you know. So I I was just like, hey, I mean, what more can we do here? They're like, well, here's a key to the venue. You can come back and throw shows anytime you want. Just give us some money so we can keep our, you know, keep our organization going. And, you know, I was like, okay, great. We have a key to this place now. Awesome. We can do literally whatever we want. And we did, you know, for like four years. It was awesome. Um, but, you know, after that first initial local show that we had, you know, I had uh, I had to bring in my own sound guy from there forward, and I I, I had a friend um, from back when I was in high school because I was in I was in college now. I was like two. This was like two years, two or three years after uh, I did I stopped booking at Teal Garcia's. I had this friend named AJ Kirshner. He would come in and run sound for us for us. But uh, God bless him, man. He was a good dude. He put up with a lot of my shit. And if you've ever worked for me or worked with me, you know that. I can be a little much sometimes, so. Uh, but he had a he had a hard time figuring that room out. I mean, it was a pretty easy room to figure out, but the sound system was shit. So it was it was really like it was a a, a two issue system. You had to make it work an entire show. And you had to make it sound like 25% good because the building was brick. It was like, it was a straight rectangle, like business building. So like there was no acoustics in it whatsoever. The sound was awful and you really had to work at it. But we had uh, Chad Rulig's band legend as our first show outside of that local show that we booked. And it was wild, but we had a ton of people come out, but like the sound system shut off during legend and Chad Rulig couldn't hear himself the entire show because the vocals were cut. So he literally just like lip synced the entire show. And it was really embarrassing for us. He like came up after he was like, yeah, this, this was a lot of fun. I wish I wish the vocals would have worked. And he was like totally cool with it for whatever reason. I was like, okay, whatever. But yeah, we were all embarrassed. So I went up to AJ after the show. I was like, yo, you need to bring someone that knows how to like work this sound system, like maybe balance out the power situation in the building so we didn't fry the sound system because the problem was we were overloading the, we were like putting an entire back line of like professional industry equipment on like one outlet and it would just like overload the entire like power structure of the building. And we never, we didn't figure that out until the next show. 
Um, the next show we booked was the ghost inside and the same thing happened during like a local bands but i told aj to bring someone that knew how to like do this and he brought tommy so (laughs) this kid this curly headed kid shows up tommy and you know we're like i don't know i think we have like three local bands on the show and like during like the 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 band that was right before uh, the ghost inside. And, th- and I think this is probably worth mentioning. This was right when like the ghost inside was like hitting their stride. They just put out returners like two days before they played the show. So this shit was packed. Like we sold it out. Uh, we think we sold it out pre-sale, which was like something that I had never done before. It was like the biggest show that I had booked up until that point. But uh, the same thing happened that happened during that legend show. The power like went out and Tommy, like came to the rescue i like i saw this like 16 because he was like a little bit younger than us but i saw like this 16 or 15 year old kid you know go downstairs flip off the power come upstairs balance out everything onto different like outlets and it like blew my mind because i had like i have no idea what i'm doing with like anything electrical or like (laughs) in terms of like sound equipment i have no idea what i'm doing so at the time I was like, man, this this kid really knows what the fuck he's doing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hire him, make sure he comes on. You know, he came came back downstairs, flipped that power back on, and everything just like magically worked, and we didn't have any didn't have any problems the rest of the show, which was awesome. Um, but mind you, like I said, Tommy was like 15 at this point. I was 18, so it's kind of funny that we <laughs> that we had to have someone much younger than us figuring this shit out. But uh, from that day forward, you know, Tommy became my dude, and we've been working together like ever since. You know, it's been kind of crazy to look back at the last 10 years and kind of look at this as our beginning point, you know, literally 10 years ago, you know, uh, that was June of 2010. So it has been 10 years, but yeah, what a, what a crazy, an interesting way to meet, you know, like I, I don't think I even said hi to Tommy that day when he got in. I was just like, I was so busy with everything else because like we had never done like a, a sold out show before. So I was like freaking out. So, but like after the show, like I went up to Tommy and was like, Hey man, thanks for like doing this. You want to like, you want to come back and, you know, work with us more. He was like, yeah, yeah, great, great, great. So yeah, Tommy would pull up in his uh, 2001 red Jeep every uh, every show day, and th- the rest is history from there. But uh, that's how I remember meeting you, Tommy. I, I, I'd like to I'd like to hear your recollection of uh, of how that all went down. Not that it matters or anything, but I did drive a 99 tan Jeep Cherokee, not a 2001 red one, but. Like we said, 10 years is a long time. Um, yeah, like like you said, just like anybody got into the music scene because I loved music. Um, my sister was kind of the one that really started bringing me to shows. Uh, we we would go like on the weekends, you know, there was the few few venues around town. There was the the uh, the rock, like you mentioned, the, the Legion, the Commons. Um, and yeah, the first show my sister took me to was like in the basement of a legion. It was just like this. I think there was Death Before Dishonor, Unholy, a couple local bands, like a pretty stacked show, but still like it was a hardcore show. So like the most people they would hope to get on like a Friday night in the legion basement it was like a hundred kids, you know. So like it was stacked, but yeah, I get in there, had no idea what to expect. My sister was like, "Come to this concert with like me and my friends or the show," and I was like, "Cool, yeah, whatever." I was like. 12 you know just walk in and like it was just carnage there was like people like flying limbs flying every direction people running into each other like would if later- you've ever been to like an american legion show you probably can like agree that carnage is a good word to describe it because most of them are crazy you know what i mean yeah which is nuts it's always just like the back room that w- was probably like a you know dance hall kind of thing normally for them but you have, to, you have to be a vet you have to be yeah. a vet to get in there right i think so yeah i think like our buddy dan was booking shows strictly because he was a vet and like could be like hey i want to rent like the back hall for like an event and then they would just like no questions asked be like okay yeah 100 bucks or whatever for the rent and then he'd just bring in a pa push the chairs up against the walls and then like yeah a touring band would come in and play like this tiny basement um it's so crazy because american legion has like different memories like if you ask somebody like on the coast of like california or like the coast of like new york you know like yeah there were probably have it everybody has a different experience with what like (laughs) you know like american legion is like our experience here is like crazy little tiny packed room of like 50 people like beating the crap out of each other you know it's the same everywhere but it's like everybody has like different memories attached to it you know yeah 
yeah and that's the other kind of funny part about it is like every town has one but it's always a little different depending upon where you're at and some of them were like some markets are known for their like legions you know like the east coast especially has a couple but anyway i digress <laughs> um yeah the uh the shows on those early days of just like not knowing what was going on but just witnessing just chaos you know like you you just see it and you're like i want more of this and and through that my sister just kept saying yes to taking me to shows whenever she could and i started going to shows uh to at this place called the mosaic at the time which eventually would become the commons which austin and i would run down the line going there made friends with like aj which i went to school with him and hung out with like the hardcore kids while i would like do theater and stuff so like i got like a knowledge of like stage production in high school through doing like theater and being a theater nerd and then on the weekends i would go to like hardcore shows with my sister and kind of like learn the scene through that and then when aj was running sound at the commons i would just like kind of be like hey man can i ride down with you to the show and he'd say sure and so for that ghost inside one he was just like yeah if you want to help too like i could use a hand and i said yeah i guess sure like doesn't pay anything but whatever like i'm a high schooler i don't need money so i go money, down money was never really front of mind for us when we were kids it was yeah, we like, like have fun first worry about the money later exactly yeah we were lucky that we could do that um and yeah like i remember this show just kind of like not going very well like just the first bands were struggling with the pa already like and there was like barely anything being thrown at it yet so i was just like oh man this is gonna be rough and yeah i think like halfway through the show the pa just completely quit i don't think uh ghost inside was on yet but whoever was before them was like it was it was a local for sure yeah it was like some big local though maybe like superior or no was, was it cj's <laughs> old band i don't remember uh yeah one of something yeah, one of those big omaha i guess local. the minor details at this point yeah. are kind of moved, they're, so. they're blurry yeah, <laughs> it was right you said um i was like 10 years ago so <laughs> yeah 10 years a lot of brain cells ago um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so like this pa was just on the fritz and i just jumped in like aj was trying to figure it out it essentially just be, was like they were overloading one socket on the wall with like an entire back line and the pa and i was just like <laughs> right where are we the had, other pickers? Like, you know? we had no idea dude we had, i mean like i had no idea like of course like i i never touched any of that crap in my life dude i was just like yeah just plug it into a socket it'll be good to go <laughs> i wanted to call this podcast faking it till we make it with awesome because like those early <laughs> days kind of were like we we had the vague understanding of what we were supposed to be doing but like we didn't know like i knew enough to know okay maybe don't put like all of the equipment on one outlet so i was like okay break out some extension cords we'll just we'll split split it out and hopefully it works that's how far i was at that point of my like quote-unquote career but this was like the early days of our careers when you look back at it right like had we not kept going we would have looked back at like if, if we were just working day jobs we'd look back at that and be like wow you remember that time we tried to run a venue but now it's like you remember that time we figured it out and we did it like yeah, so how, how 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 old are you you're 20 26 i'll be okay, 27 well, like God. well i'm 29 so i mean like at the time i should have been able to figure that out you know but it took like somebody three years younger than me to figure that out you can do spreadsheets and like figure out how to get people to show up i just know how to make it work <laughs> like you know oh my god different skill sets and together we we make it happen you know what i'm saying <laughs> Oh man, I was just I was so worthless. I still am so worthless, dude. Like with it's still with funny. any with with anything related. Like I'm pretty good with like technology. Like I'm I'm good with that, but like like repairing like a hole in the wall or trying to figure out how to balance like a back line through like a couple different outlets. Like like so count funny. me off the grid. Like I can't do it. Yeah, Austin interact with like house tech people during the emo night shit and oh just be like, God, it's so brutal. I'm like, tell yeah, me. Like a couple of cable, like the, uh, the ones with the Tommy. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, yeah, I mean, but Tommy, that's like, Tommy, like, no, Tommy taught me how to like 
how to figure out how to like configure our system with like the house system. He taught me he, like an exact paragraph like of what I need to say when I show up places like, yeah, I got a quarter inch. I can't remember it now because it's been like a year since we've done it, but like I've got it down to like a T I'm like, yeah, I've got a quarter inch V VL VLR. Like, I can't remember what the fuck it's called. It's probably something. I don't know. But yeah. Anyway, Austin and I work together well at this point and we've just always been able to make it happen regardless of how, like much we actually knew about it we would figure it out and that was yeah those early days was a lot of figuring it out going on for both of us but other people from the outside in thought we had our shit together enough to give us <laughs> to trust us so yeah yeah miraculously I thank you to everyone who believed in us. yeah yeah we've yeah man we, i can't believe it's been 10 years that's the craziest thing to me it's like i feel like 2010 was like like I blinked sometime in 2010 and like showed up like at this moment, like while we're filming this podcast, it's crazy to me. There hasn't been much time to reflect. And I feel like if nothing else, that's what 2020 has given me is just too much time to reflect. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I I felt like that was like my, like my 24 through 26, like my mid twenties was like pure, like purely based on, on all of what you're like talking about right now like reflecting like way too hard right i feel you man it's a it's an interesting interesting mindset to kind of be in but well i mean let's talk about where we left off prior to the pandemic man i mean we both had you know some some fun shit going on i mean uh, let's start with you i mean like you had like a really uh budding career after like 10 years of really roughing it essentially you know in terms of like working at the commons and then like being on the road doing sound stuff with like a dance organization talk about like where you left off you know right before the pandemic like hit yeah um i guess just to like for some context to it in 2019 like february of 2019 i started working with a band called grandson um, they brought me on at that point, they brought me on as like a general tech, because again, I knew so many different random things from like theater and running this venue with Austin and like being in a local band myself, playing bass and no getter, all that stuff. Yeah. Slap it to boss, man. But uh, <laughs> all that, you know, like I just had all these random skills to where when it came time for me to like try and shove my foot into the industry door um, and I had that opportunity, grandson was looking for somebody to help him with like lighting sound fucking backline a jack of all trades as you always have been yep so yeah they they found me luckily and i found them at the perfect moment and we just um yeah i I hit the ground running with them february 2019 and didn't stop until march of this year um other than like a little winter break but uh yeah so i was touring with them full-time as their um kind of production manager stage manager backline tech um and this year was supposed to be, yeah, like a pretty big year for us. In March, we were gearing up for nine months on the road. Um, we were at Mates in rehearsal. We had only played like one show in Florida. It was so backwards. We like sometimes, you know, the music industry is funny. So we had like a couple of months off for the winter. And then we get booked on this Florida show, like first week of March, like March 5th or something, March 7th. And then we scheduled our rehearsals. So we hadn't like played together in like two months uh, since the end of last year. And then jump into this first show, kind of rough through it. We're like, okay, that was rough, but at least we have like a whole year of shows to get through. And then we go into rehearsals and midway through rehearsals is when everything is getting canceled. Like all the big tours are getting announced that they're postponing. We're like still on, we're talking to our management daily being like, okay, what's happening? Are we still going to Canada? We were about to embark on like a three week, four week Canada tour. Um, and yeah, it was just like, nobody really knew it was happening and it was all changing by the minute at that point. Like, but we were still in rehearsals. So Yeah. So, I mean, like prior to that moment, <clears throat> like on March 13th, when you're getting like all those text messages, like just like a couple months before, or like a couple weeks before, not months, like we were out like doing emo night stuff together. Cause like Tommy will come yeah. and like, and like do like the whole emo night thing with me. And like, if for those who don't know, like that are listening to the podcast, like I DJ for emo night, like I'm the Midwest representative, I go around and do all that stuff. And Tommy's always been my jack of all trades. So naturally he comes with us when we travel the Midwest to go do those. So like prior to that, we were, you know, we had like a 
really kick-ass start to like 2020 like we were playing some like really cool stuff like we we had like i think we were gone every single weekend in february like it was like our year started so fast and so intense uh you know we were gone literally every week in february and then like i said bye to you like the last the last like weekend that we did together which was i think february 29th or something like yeah, in like Lawrence. Last weekend in february yeah and then i said bye. I, was, I assumed i was saying bye to you for the rest of the year i was like all right man well i guess i'll see you <laughs> i'll see you in january i guess man like i don't know uh and then i ended up seeing you like a week later, a week later. <laughs> yeah so yeah it was such a buzzkill of a week <laughs> i'll be honest well, yeah. this whole year has been a buzzkill but that's yeah, Either right here or there at this point. So, yeah, we we're getting through it at this point. It's just keep on trucking, baby. Oh man. So yeah, I mean, between the two of us, I feel like, you know, the last ten years have been <clears throat> have been worth talking about. So I'm glad we're doing this podcast. I'm glad we're uh, kind of setting the stage here. I think we, you know, we both obviously have a huge story to tell, but like, I think this podcast is more so about like getting people on that we've like met before and like talking about the experience not only experiences that we've had with them like shared but like you know what they're doing in their life now you know what you know maybe talk about some memories they have from like touring and things like that but i mean we we've got a whole lot to like dig through the next year i mean like we've got more than like 50 people that are like we've already talked to that like want to come on the show and you know it's going to be a really fun year i I think this is going to be like something you know beyond the pandemic where we can just like continue on with it you know, and have something, you know, that we come back to every week, you know, I mean, because like living, you know, and for context, I live in St. Louis now, Tommy lives in Colorado currently. So, you know, we're not in Omaha anymore, but it's, it's good to be able to keep up with each other, I guess is what I'm saying. So this podcast will be really good to, you know, not only catch up on a, on a weekly basis, but I assume we'll be talking probably on a daily basis again now. So that's great. Oh, yes. Hopefully. Yes. And I think, yeah, I don't know about you, but just having something to work on again, somewhat creatively. I mean, this is going to be a different animal, I think. But uh, yeah, just like the year without like production stuff it has been weird for me. So I think this will be a fun way to like dude, scratch yeah. that slightly, you know? Absolutely, dude. I think it's <laughs> it's been it's been a weird year for me because I've had to like push myself and we'll get into this in the, I, I, I crowdsource some questions for us so we could talk about it, but it's been a weird year for me too, like trying to figure out like what I can do to fill my time because I've, I've filled my time with music since 2005, you know what I mean? So it's hard to just like pivot away from that, but let's get into some of these questions. I, I, I kind of crowdsource some questions to a small group of friends. So let's, uh let's kind of just talk about, um, you know what we've been doing with this massive amount of time off the first thing is anything what what's new for you in 2020 so i guess i'll go first and kind of kind of answer this what's new for me in 2020 well i moved uh to st louis um in november so i'm here now which is fun i've been enjoying my time here with my girlfriend and uh enjoying my new neighborhood um you know i i i work during the day uh with a public relations company so i'm not um particularly bored all the time but um i have been trying to fill my t- my off my off time you know that i would be that i would naturally be doing with music with uh doing other things um so i've been focusing on work quite a bit um i've been playing a ton of video games um it's kind of a new hobby i picked up um you know but other than that i'm really just kind of thankful for my family's health in 2020 rather than anything new so tommy what about you what's new for you in 2020 uh yeah the new stuff for me in 2020 um <laughs> it's hard not to be like pessimistic because this year was hard but yeah like new for me wait the positive tom come on papa started out on unemployment that was pretty neat that's new getting <laughs> a really fun side of our government that most well now a lot of people have experienced unfortunately but like a lot of people oh. don't usually get to so that's you know that's pretty fun it's pretty positive <laughs> that's great <laughs> um I mean, but no uh Anyway, uh, yeah, new for 2020. Um, I've been dating a girl since like the beginning of the year named Mackenzie. Um, she and her pup Yoda have definitely helped me through so many of the hurdles this year's thrown at me um, and us just in general. She actually moved over to Colorado with me when I came over here um, at like the end of the summer. I had a buddy that like had some land uh, and just kind of let me crash 
uh, rent free, which was really very kind of him. Um, otherwise I would have just been sitting in Omaha, like stewing in the fact that I'm like not on the road. So it was a nice, like kind of change of pace for a little while. And yeah, just been kind of focusing on leather work and other hobbies slash skills I have to fill the time and just trying to, you know, be there for people as much as I can. Not that, you know, I wasn't before, but I think this year, especially I've tried to make it a point to just check in on the homies. That is one thing that, yeah, if you ever need help, I'm fucking here for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, we've kind of gone back to like a barter and trade type, like type lifestyle, like a little some, bit. You know and, what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, not fully. You know, like it never no, be like, like that. that. Like it was like when, like in the nineteen twenties or something like that. But like, I feel like, you know, it's like, hey, what can you do for me, and what can I do for you for free? Let's uh, let's trade yeah. services right now. You know, like right? mutual. Like, mutual like beneficial you know type things have been really fruitful this year for me so yeah. it's been yeah i totally agree literally ian who made our our shouts out ian for making our intro like that was just like oh i'd rather give the homie like you know however much i can than some website that hosts source free music you know like that kind of shit like just trying to yeah do that but um new for 2020 yeah i'd say that's probably about it so yeah that's, well, that's great well, it's yeah. great, Tom. It sounds, you know, <clears throat> it's it's hard to pick through, like, I mean, obviously, 20, I mean, like, save your bullshit. Like, 2020 has been really bad for everybody, so it's like, yeah. you know, it, it's hard. But, we love um, that. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, all right, well, how about this next question? Uh, what new hobbies have you picked up? I guess I'll I'll go first. Um, yeah, Call of Duty Warzone, for sure. I don't know why, but I am absolutely obsessed with playing video games again. So after we finish this podcast, that's what I'm going to go do. Like, I'm going to go play video games for probably like two hours, and then I'm going to celebrate New Year's Eve. But Watch yeah. out for his Twitch stream, I'm sure. Yeah, and, yeah, and I've started two podcasts now. So I'm, no, I will, I'm not good enough to start a Twitch stream for Call of Duty. Like, it's not, it's not going to happen. There's no way. Like, I, my kill-death ratio is so bad, dude. Like it's so so bad, so that's not an option. It's not even on the table. But I have started two podcasts. I started this one with you, and I'm really excited to get this one launched and going. And then I started uh, another one for Creighton basketball, which I'm really really passionate about. I've been a season ticket holder for like ten years, so I'm like three episodes into that one already. Uh, I've got like a bunch of stuff planned for it. Um, I'm trying to make I'm trying to make the best of it. You know what I mean? Like. I think it's it's really out of character for me to be going so hard on things that I shouldn't be investing a lot of time in. But like, I'm really excited about doing these podcasts just because like I, I need something like as a hobby. You know what I mean? Like I need something to do. So this has been like a really good outlet for me the last couple of weeks, like getting that Creighton one started and like doing this one with you. Like, like I can't think of like a, a better co-host for this one. Like I, we should have been doing that. <laughs> like I said, we should have been doing this a long time ago, you know? Right from the green room before emo nights what were we thinking <laughs> we weren't thinking we weren't doing anything besides stuffing our face with catering so <laughs> that, that 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 was it but all right well what about you what new hobbies do you have this year uh i wouldn't say i have like new hobbies per se i just dove in a lot harder on my current hobbies um i've always been a very hobby oriented person so I yeah I've been renovating my airstream as much as I can afford to um, slowly. Hopefully that'll be ready by the spring. Maybe we can do an episode live from the stream, <laughs> streaming from the stream. That'd be nice, right? That'd be cool. Um, and then yeah, the leatherwork stuff. Just doing a lot more of that, trying to trying to just spin that up while I can, and then until touring comes back. Yeah, but not a ton of other hobbies otherwise. Yeah, a lot of making. Yeah, well, I mean, you gotta gotta make a living somehow, you know. All right, what other questions we got here? Oh, I like this one. Um, favorite memory from the Commons era shows? Oh my god. Um, all right, I got one. Uh, I will go first. So, one of my favorite bands is the story so far. I really, for whatever reason or another, I love this band. I've always really loved this band, and when I was in college i thought they were like the hottest thing ever so um i remember this one summer we had a show or it wasn't even summer it was like maybe like it was like september or something so it was like you know dog days not dog days of summer but like really late summer like early fall we had a show with trapped under ice hundredth 
I think betrayal was on their backtrack. Like it was a really hardcore bill. Um, and I got a text from Brock, uh, Stevens and he's a good guy. I, I, for whatever reason, I've always had like weird interactions with him where I always like either make myself a look like a jackass or B like completely embarrass myself. I guess those kind of fall in the same hand, but I always really looked up to that guy and he like always, you know, he played in bent life and like, you know, a couple other bands and you know, I, I saw him at shows from the time I was like 14 going to like the mosaic, you know, style shows, which is, you know, the commons you know, everything it's, it's the venue in Omaha that we used to book out of, um, different era, but I, I knew him for a long time. And he texted me one day and was just like, yo, Hey, I've got this band staying at my uh, uh, apartment right now. Do you mind if they maybe just come and, uh, you know, come to the show tonight for free? I was like, yeah, who is it? He's like, well, it's uh, the story so far. I was like, yo, they can come, but they have to play if they want to get in. <laughs> so, so, cause I was like a huge fan at that point. They only had like one album out. Um, you know, I guess they had like a couple EPs at end, but like their first album out and like all, we were all really into that band. So it was like, yeah, they can come if they, if they play. So they we showed cool. up. <laughs> yeah. We showed up to the venue that day and we, we ended up starting the show like a half hour early and like, like 50 or 60 people showed up and just went crazy for them. Like, you know, they're huge now. And there's a reason like people were going crazy that day is because like those albums are really good. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, they played for free and they just like, they got into the show. And like, I remember like Parker Cannon, like walked out the front door of the commons and was like, he like, he came up to me. He's like, yo, Hey, thanks for uh, letting us, uh, letting us in today. I was like, yeah, man, do you have fun? He's like, this is the best show I've been to in like 10 years. I was like, Oh my God. Like what, what alternate universe am I living in right now? It was really funny. I, I I always thought that guy was really nice too. But um, yeah, seeing them do that, I mean, like they just brought in like their their guitar heads. They didn't even bring in their caps. They just brought in their heads and they just played out of like yeah, they played like yeah. It was so crazy. I mean, like they were popping at that time too. So it was wild that they just like stopped through. I was like, holy shit, they want to come play and get into the show? Yeah, let's do it. They had a show fall through, didn't they, in Columbus? Wasn't no, that? they were routing. They were routing to a show. Like, they uh, were routing to, like, a census fail tour or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was definitely a highlight for me as well. Because that was, like... Because they played Lincoln, like, a week track. later. Yeah, yeah, they played Lincoln, Lincoln like, a week, like maybe a week later, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a, a, a highlight. And that was, like, we had a lot of bands either like that where, like, they'd just hop on or, like bands right before they broke like the ghost inside or like stick to your guns and then we'd still like get them on the back end or uh what was the color morale they were a lot they were yeah those shows were always really fun yeah like shit like that we had a lot of really fun we had terror play there one summer all right tommy give me your favorite memory from the comments now oof i'm gonna go with a gross one just because one of my favorite memories of, and this is what it was to run a DIY venue. And this is why I think these stories are funny and fun to share because people don't always see this side of it. Like we weren't making money. Put that into the context too. We just had to do these things. So one time, I don't remember what band it was, but this band came in and I, it might have been like Foundation, I think. But I they came in. I already know what you're going to say. And just off the bat, dude's like, where's the toilet? <laughs> like, it's back there goes in and these if you've been to the commons there's two bathrooms there's like a men's bathroom with one like a regular household toilet and then a women's bathroom with one <laughs> regular household toilet and this dude goes into the men's does his thing comes out and then like a half hour later somebody else goes in there and is like yo this toilet is wrecked like what the hell and we go in there and this thing is like overflowing and like not in i'm way. trying so hard not to laugh not clean water is all i'm gonna say i'm not gonna describe it any further than that it was gnarly and couldn't find like a plunger for some reason like we're searching top to bottom doors are like about to open in like a half hour we're just like what do we do do we just like tape off the bathroom like no we need a bathroom so austin's like okay comes back with a fucking kitchen glove on he's like i got this <laughs> <laughs> he reaches in by hand unclogs the toilet by hand and like throws it away runs out like gagging like, like, that is probably one of my favorite commons moments is just austin literally reaching in to a pile of shit 
to make a, a show happen. Like oh. that was like dedication at its pinnacle. You know, like, it was oh my fun. god. Yeah, oh. that's that's one of my favorite uh, like small commons moments. But right. I must have, I must have, <laughs> I must have blocked that out from my memory because I <laughs> do I not fucking remember that. But uh, yeah, that's gross. I I definitely remember a couple situations like that. But like every time I'd have to do it, I <laughs> I would look, <laughs> I would look at you and just be like, Tommy, you want to go do it? And you were like. You don't pay me enough. <laughs> Every single time. And I just like, I, I knew I would have to do it just right off the bat. So I was just like, I would just submit to it. And I would like literally just like put my mind elsewhere. That's why I think I don't remember that. <laughs> oh my God. That is funny. It was- yeah. I remember a couple situations like that. I remember, dude, I don't know. I, you know what? Screw that. We're not getting into podcast. Yeah. We're not going to go down. Yeah. Way. We're not going to go down. That that's the level of dedication to that that stupid building that we had was like oh. we were willing to literally dig through the shit like, I w- <laughs> quite quite literally but i will say this more willing i wasn't quite as willing. <clears throat> i will say this i uh i have um i had a little bit of training for that because i worked at a restaurant for a while <laughs> so like they would send me every every single time you know of course like yeah send the bus boy to go clean the bathrooms so i i had seen some stuff by that point at that point i was just like i guess i'm i guess i'm taking this kitchen glove and going in (laughs) oh i cannot man that is disgusting i cannot believe that was my life at one point but all right we've moved on yeah christ oh jesus all right next question for the love of jesus um (laughs) what do you okay this one's a good one what do you miss uh most about touring and being on the road tommy you go first uh and this is again kind of how this this podcast was was birthed um i miss the perpetual hang you know i miss constantly being around just the homies when you're on a good tour with a good camp um emo night and grandson are both examples of that it just feels like you're you know on the road with your family and i miss yeah my road family a lot and you meet a lot of really amazing people along the way um and yeah all of those people i i miss them all i'm worried about all of them but i i can't wait for the the time that we all get to go back together and have a big old family reunion over some music and hopefully good catering <laughs> yeah oh and i miss the food i i'm a huge foodie so like traveling eating good food all over that is i miss new york for its pizza i miss i miss seattle for its chowder i miss the food <laughs> i miss the chowder that's what you miss the miss the chowder the most okay got it not the <clears throat> i miss the people but i do miss the food yeah. <laughs> man i don't even know what it is for me i mean i mean it's not like i was gone as often as you were i was really more of like a weekend roadie you know so i mean for me it was more so like having like that weekend outlet to go like hang out you know it's not even like hanging out it's like going to do like a job and then you know having so much emotional shit happen you know within the weekend you know because i mean a lot of people like across like our markets would be like really into like the emo night community and like it was like their outlet every you know because it happens like once a quarter in every market so like that outlet for them is like so intense that people would just be like so so moved every time man and it was like a lot to handle on like a week-to-week basis so like i was glad i had that had that week in between to kind of like reflect and like you know, just kind of go over like what just happened that last weekend. But like, you know, I guess I, I really miss, uh, I miss our regulars like in, in every market that we went to. I miss like, like from the hotel dude in Lawrence that we've become really good friends with to like, like, you know, like it's, you, it's crazy when you like visit those places so often you like, you become friends with some of the most random people and like, you know, form like the most random bonds. Like, I guess this one's not so, so random, but like I play, I play Warzone with Braxton like from Lawrence like every day I like we I hit him up every single day like all of my friends are so scattered across the Midwest now and not just in Omaha so like I miss the friendship the most you know with what I did you know that that was a huge aspect to huge aspect to you know what we do and 
um you know it, it is like a perpetual hang like tommy said it is like you know you kind of just like get on the road you talk you know like you become like a part of each other's lives i mean me and tommy fight like a married couple when we're out on the road or like are like brothers who beat the shit out of each other you know like it like those people truly become your family you know whether if you're on the road with them in a the car for like 10 hours at a time or if they're just like coming to a show like they really become like your family so yeah. it's crazy not to have that for the first time since I was like 15, like it's been kind of like a lonely year. So, you know, that's definitely what I, what I miss the most, but you know, what do you miss the least? Okay. Well, that's a follow-up question. If you've ever heard one, I guess I'll go with it first. I miss, I, I, what I miss the least is eating really shitty hotel breakfasts all the time. That was the worst. Uh, There's only like one good hotel breakfast that we get and that's embassy suites. All the rest are terrible. So I miss, I do not miss that at all. I also do not miss, um, I don't miss the holiday and continental buffet is fire. Disgusting, bro. There's something wrong with you, Tom. You just have to know what to get. You can't get the eggs or the sausage or like any of it, but the waffles are good. (laughs) You can't really mess up a waffle, but I, I also do not miss the drive from St. Louis to Omaha. Now that I live here, I don't have to do it anymore. So, you know, that's great. But that drive always would kill me because we would always do that drive at like the end of like a long weekend or something. And it's like six hours in the car is like more than enough. Like I hate, I think I might've hated Milwaukee more. That, that drive was awful, but like we would do St. Louis far more often so that I, I do not miss that drive. I still have to do it, but I'm not obviously doing it for the pandemic you know, because of the pandemic right now. So what do you miss the least? I think I miss. Miss the least, not miss. The least. Very important. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't know. I really enjoy touring. Like, honestly, like top to bottom, I try not to like pinpoint on things, but I would say not. I'm glad I sleep more now. Like I, I I don't miss the sleep schedule necessarily, but at the same time, once you're used to it, it's fine. And then I don't miss like really shitty loadouts or load ins. Like there was times on like our last tour where I was just like, you just had to keep reminding yourself like fl- <laughs> beats flipping burgers, you know. And w- when we're back, any sort of like grunty day, I will just remind myself it beats a fucking pandemic. So like. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I don't really miss much about or don't not miss much about touring. Like I love I even love the brutal days because they make you appreciate the good days so much more. So Yeah, yeah. for sure. I I don't miss, yeah, the sleep schedule. I don't miss, yeah, the occasional like really shitty food. Luckily I was to a point with touring where I was like eating healthy on the like that's the part where like I was to the point, luckily, where like I could be as healthy as I wanted to be. <laughs> like I was still eating garbage just because OG fat kid, but you know, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the second I start touring again, if you ask me that question, like, what do you fucking hate right now? I'd have a million answers, but right now I miss yeah. it so much that I just can't <laughs> talk shit on doing it. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, I and I agree, man. Yeah. So here's a good question, too. It's an Omaha related question. Uh, favorite Omaha venue to see a show at? You go first. Oof. It, it depends. Okay, Where, let's, like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's expand this question. <clears throat> yeah, let's go. Cat, like, cat. let's go. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Favorite Omaha venue plus favorite venue in the Midwest. I feel like that's a better question. Uh, well, that's makes it harder. There's so you can, many. You you have to pick an Omaha one, and then you right. have to pick and you, okay, you Omaha. Got hmm. I'll I'll say. In terms of overall experience, I've always had my most fun shows at like Sokol Underground or Sokol Above Ground <laughs> Auditorium. Um, favorite venue, though, t- like music-wise, like overall production, probably like the waiting room or slow down, just because it's like always a little sound, like sounds a little better. I don't know, but I love I love Sokol so much. Um, Midwest. Uh does first av count? We yeah, that counts as Midwest. Yeah, it's Midwest. That was probably one of my favorite venues we played last year just because it was like or whatever that not first av, but they're like what was it called? Um you know what I'm talking about though. Uh fine line. Fine line, yeah. That was that was a really cool one. Those folks 
fun venue, yeah. fun show. That was probably like outside of the Omaha market, one of my favorite shows of like the beginning of this year. Cause that wasn't even last year. <laughs> okay. So mine are, <clears throat> I guess, pretty similar. I would have to go with the waiting room for and reverb for mine. Like I think, I think reverb is like low key, like one of the best clubs in like the Midwest. Like, I think it's, it's so much fun to go see a show there. So like, yeah. I would, I would default like seeing one of my favorite bands there, even if I had to pay a little more because the pack, because the cap is so small, but they've like, they've expanded it now. So it's like, like, it's going to be even better. You know, that room has really good sound. It's really clean, which I appreciate. Like after going to like hardcore shows and like metalcore shows at like the shittiest places, like all of my life, it's kind of nice going to like a place where, you know, like the bathroom isn't like <clears throat> cordoned off by like a, you know, a fucking piece of plywood or something, you know, like it's, it's nice to go somewhere. Nice to go somewhere where I feel comfortable taking a poop, I guess. <laughs> you, know? you have a really nice bathroom. Yeah, for sure. That's bathroom. So, Go out to waiting room reverb hands. Yeah, down. for sure. Mark Leibowitz, you know Joel, all the homies over there. They're all great. I love Tight every shit. single one of them, man. I I love that place. I love that. I love the Benson Strip. I miss it a lot. So, uh, okay. How about this? Uh, this one kind of ties into our our <clears throat> our last question. Favorite memory from doing emo night? My God. Uh, yeah, I was actually gonna say what you just mentioned. Uh, because I was reading this at next question as you were saying it but uh our trip to minneapolis was probably the most fun i've ha ever had doing probably anything ever like that was like <clears throat> probably one of the, the best weekends i think i've ever had in my life like i had so much fun doing that like we had we made so many memories so many like inside little jokes like between like the six of us or the five of us that went and it was a blast like and the show went off too like i remember every moment of that show and like how crazy it was and yeah man that was a that was a really fun time it was really cold i remember it was like the coldest load-in that we you were talking about shitty load-ins that was the coldest load-in i think we've ever had because i stepped in a puddle of like snow that ended up being like all like water and ice so like i had to switch my shoes like before like the party started but other than that that show was incredible we had good catering the the venue staff were really, really nice. And like the show was just nuts. Like from like start to finish, it was just like pure chaos. Yeah. Super fun. Can't wait to go back. I'm sure we will. <laughs> okay. uh, for me, my favorite email night memory. Um, I don't know it's hard there's been yeah we've done so many of them at this point that they all kind of blur together but um i think a funny one traveling to and from an emo night was one time we got pulled over oh jesus uh, and we all thought we were like done for sure for some reason but uh yeah like austin pulls out his like wallet to get out his license for the like the trooper or whatever trooper comes over your license registration Austin gets out his wallet is like fumbling with it and like the cash from the weekend which like isn't even our cash but it was like a lot you know we still have to pay out like emo night we still have to pay out like you know the to be clear to be clear none of that money was ours yeah, like, <laughs> by the end of it we might have been lucky to keep like a hundred dollars but at the time there was still like over a thousand dollars in this wallet of like small bills because it's door money and it all spills out into the car and the cop just like looks at it and was just like so what do you guys uh, do? And Austin's response. Is, Yo, let me say it. Let me say it. Let me say it. Let me say it. My response is, uh, uh, we throw parties. And I'm in the passenger seat and like the cops looking like he's on my side of the car and he's looking like past me at Austin. And I just like put my face down and I'm just like, oh, we're fucked. Like the next words out of his mouth were, sir, can you step out of the car and come back to my car? I was like, oh, Jesus, I'm going to jail yeah and so me and max were sitting in austin's car like watching him in the mirrors in this trooper's front seat just like shooting the shit he looks so like like he was doing his like hair through his hands and all this stuff like playing with his hat doing austin and i was just like we're fucked we're fucked and then he just comes back he was like yep i was speeding and we just drove off but i was just like Dude, the funniest part of that whole interaction was when <clears throat> immediately when i was like oh shit we're getting pulled over max i pulled over to the side of the road max flipped down his window and flipped out his pack of cigarettes put a cigarette in his mouth lit it and was like well boys we're going to jail today i was like oh my god <laughs> like we're going to jail aren't we 
to be clear, we were maybe doing something that was maybe a little illegal. I'm not going to say what it was. We don't we don't do it often, but uh, it definitely maybe smelled like it in the car. So if we had gotten like a more smart state trooper, we probably would have gone to jail. Iowa is not uh, not very nice with those type of laws. If you can put the pieces together there. Yeah, we, we did it responsibly, though. No one that was driving just smelled on us because we did it at a gas station. Anyway, that's, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Tell us, maybe we should do a different story. <laughs> anyway, you can just remember cut. that time those you people had a blowjob in the staircase? No, I'm going to cut all this out. I'll tell that one. All right, here's here's another, here's another good memory from Emo Night. We were... <laughs> We were in Milwaukee and we, this is the first time we ever been to Milwaukee. And um, if you've never been to Milwaukee, it's like, it's a pretty big party town. Like those people know how to have a good time. And we got there, we met some friends like that were going to the show the next day. So we like hung out with them, like drank some beer and like, you know, we had a really good time. Uh, so we, the show starts and we get into like maybe like two or three hours into the party. And by that time people are nice. And you know, if you're coming to the show to drink, you're probably tanked by two two or three hours into the party and uh this couple like this weird couple like meandered their way back into the like green room area because like at this at this place we played the miramar theater there was like a like a back entryway into like the green room. So you had to go like behind the stage and like through like this tunnel essentially. And then like there was a staircase that went up to like two separate green rooms. There was like a small green room and like a big one where they would like usually put like our catering and everything. So I remember like halfway through the party, Tommy went up to go to the bathroom and then like all of a sudden he like, he told me on the DJ booth, he's like, yeah, I got to go up and go to the bathroom quick. I'm going to grab some stuff. Do you need anything? I was like, yeah, give me a drink or whatever, water, a towel, something. And like five minutes later, Tommy sends me, sends the group chat a picture, which was like me and like three other people that took that trip from Omaha that weekend. He sends a, a picture to the group chat on that stairwell up to the two green rooms at the top of the stairs. There's like an overlook. He overlooked and there was this couple that was stand, like just sitting on like the stairs of like of, of that staircase. And she was giving this dude a blowjob, just like in the middle of the venue, just like blowing this dude like on the way up to the green room. And Tommy like took a picture of it and sent it to like the group chat. The, one of the hands down, one of the craziest, weirdest things that's ever happened to me anywhere at any venue ever. Like, first off, who the fuck think that thinks that's okay to do at like a music venue? Like, imagine if I wandered off in like the waiting room in Omaha and just been like, yeah, hey, you want to come blow me over here for? A minute like in the in like in some like employee hallway <laughs> i don't yeah, i don't, just, I don't get it like two audit two wasted audience yeah. and i like didn't know what to do i sent a picture of just like it happening i was just like i don't know what to do and then he was just like get him out and i just went down i, was, I like hollered down just like please put your pants back on i need to <laughs> it was the part was it was the only way out so i went up to get oh. stuff I went to the bathroom. I was getting like drinks for the stage and I had all this shit in my arms. And then I go to go down and I see it. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, oh. my God. Like, what do I do? And so I'm just like, uh, please like get dressed and get out. I need to come back in like a minute. And if you're not gone yet, then I'm going to get security. But I was just like, get out, <laughs> you know? Oh my God. And they left, but I was just like, what is this market? Yeah. I remember thinking that like, man, it's like, we're never coming back. Here based fucking on off. Or we're coming back here every week. I don't know. <laughs> that was so. Uh, oh my god, I forgot about that. That was that's funny. That was a funny one. It was All a good right. one. All right. We well, put the stories for now. Save yeah. them for next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll save the stories for another time. But all right. Well, I guess we can wrap it up here, Tom. I think we've almost been on for like an hour. So let's uh, let's go ahead and cut it off there. We've made a lot of friends over the years. So this is what we're gonna do. I've started lining them up. I don't want to get so far into the weeds that we talk. Uh, and just bore people out. I want other people to chat. So we're going to cut it off here. We've got some great interviews coming your way uh, with some of our best friends that we've made throughout the last decade. We've logged uh, interviews uh, at least into February. So we're, <laughs> we're already coming out hot. It's going to be fun. Uh, buckle up. You're going to hear me and Tommy every week if you follow along. Um, Tommy, again, I'm really excited to be doing this. So um, thanks for popping on and chatting with me for a while. And I guess we can kind of look forward to next week. Next week, we'll be back with our good friend, Michael Barr from Los Angeles, a friend of both of ours that we are very close with. So very excited about that. 
So stoked to have him on. Uh, former vocalist of volumes, now current lead vocalist of volumes. He's back in the band now. He's got a really interesting, um, really interesting last couple of years that he's been through. Um, so we've got like a really cool inside conversation with him coming next week. He's been through a lot the last five years. So we're going to dive deep into that. I'm sure you've seen some of it based all over Instagram and Twitter. So it'll be fun to chat with him. So let's leave it there. We'll pick up where we uh, left off next time. Yeah, man. We'll uh, see you next week. And that's our show. If you like what you heard on this episode and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe to our pages. You can find us on Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts, as well as Spotify. You can also find us on social media, too, at LeftOffPod on Twitter. And just simply search our name on Facebook or Instagram, the Where We Left Off Podcast. See you next time.